You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. going on everybody it is time for episode number 446 of the so wizard podcast i am your host joey DiCarlo, and my co-hosts the queen of all nerds aubrey lithian stupid microphone i'm a dick (laughs) okay and the expert mr marquee markellis riggins aubrey just don't be a dick (laughs) you the listener are listening to so wizard podcast where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the geek world all-stars podcast network this week we've got our review of the beginning of phase five of the marvel cinematic universe that's right it's ant-man and the wasp colon quantum mania before we get into all of that how the hell is everyone doing this week it was valentine's day last week marcellus reagan's how was your valentine's day it was fine that's it. Do anything? Yes. Uh, I can tell you what I didn't do on Valentine's Day. Uh, edit the podcast, which is why <laughs> last week's episode came out a little bit late. Uh, I was... You know, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking that... We, it didn't even occur to me until it was Wednesday morning and the <laughs> podcast still wasn't done. And I was like, oh, man, it was Valentine's Day and Mark is still fresh enough in a relationship where he cares about <laughs> Valentine's Day. So he totally went out for Valentine's Day last last night and didn't work on the podcast, which is completely fine. No one's upset. I was more mad at myself for not realizing I should have recorded and edited and done everything like I had done two weeks ago last week. Oh, my God. The, the fans could wait an extra day for for the oh, episode no, no, no 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 it's fine it's perfectly fine i was just like kicking myself for not realizing that valentine's day fell on a tuesday and there was no way in hell you weren't going out that night right so yeah long story short uh wednesday i was editing like a madman uh to get it out <laughs> get the episode out because i know joy was like where the fuck is the episode <laughs> why is the, why is the drop box empty on a wednesday so uh yeah that was my week well, it's not 2015 with me yelling at Tom to finish <laughs> editing on a Friday night. So <laughs> I think we can let you slide. Did you have a fun time on your Valentine's Day? Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you for asking. Did you buy your girl a bunch of stuff? Wow, you're really probing these interesting questions that I'm not going to answer. I'm trying to like pull it out of you without digging too deep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a wonderful Valentine's filled with all of the traditional Valentine shenanigans. <laughs> Two consenting adults had a fantastic <laughs> time on Valentine's Day. Thank e- you. Exactly. <laughs> Were there any hot young boy teenagers there? <laughs> no, no young hot Korean boys were involved in <laughs> said Valentine's Day. Boys! Perfect. <laughs> all right, Aubrey Litchfield. How was your Valentine's Day? Um, it was about as good as two parents to preteen boys can get. You know? <laughs> nice. So it smelled like pickles and feet 
<laughs> yeah. It um it w- it was nice. It was uh I mean nothing really to note. It was good. Max got me this really cool X Men um like handheld game. Uh they're like the tiger games. Oh. Um it, yeah, he calls it the perfect um pooping game, so <laughs> 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 and who said romance was dead? I don't know. We're... <laughs> it, it was very nice. It was a very nice um, laid back Valentine's Day. You know, I don't, I don't really like going out to dinner or doing anything fancy or anything like that. So it was nice. That's awesome, Joey. How was your Valentine's? I'm sure it was amazing because you've done this what like twenty times, twenty five times already. This is the 27th Valentine's Day I've been with Jen. Woo! <laughs> so, um, and, and, and in total excitement, I'm going to give you guys all the salacious details. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, prepare yourselves. Let, let, get the kids out of the room. <laughs> um, I worked uh, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. at job number one, and then I worked 6.30 to 9.30 at job number two. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was fucking fantastic, guys. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> uh, I did bring Jen some flowers and candy the day before because I knew I wasn't going to be home all day on Valentine's Day. And we went out this weekend. Uh, <laughs> guess guess where our hot date was, too, guys. Let me tell you. Mm, it was it was it Walmart or Target? You were very close, Marcellus. <laughs> we. Um, Decided to get a Costco card. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. That's commitment right there. So Jen signed up for him online, but she didn't realize she had done something wrong when she signed up. So we had to physically go and pick up the cards. And we went to Costco and did a little shopping. If you are not, I don't know, if Co- is Costco nationwide? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe pizza. most of our American listeners know what that is. Maybe they don't have it internationally. It's just like a giant warehouse that sells stuff in bulk so you know you go to the regular grocery store for example and i get my protein bars each week it's a box of nine and they cost 15 bucks i went to costco's and i got a box of 24 and they were 13 bucks <laughs> yeah there you go so it's just like that they sell stuff in huge size bulk so you don't have to go shopping as much and it's allegedly cheaper um so we decided to do that because there's just things that we're buying all the time that everybody in the house is using or eating like my son eats um goldfish crackers like they're going out of business and I could get a big box cheaper, for example, there instead of whatever. So that was our exciting date. Then we went and got something to eat, which wasn't anything fancy. We just went out to eat and then home. Nice. <laughs> and that was it. That was that was my exciting Valentine's Day. So hopefully maybe some of our listeners had more exciting Valentine's Day. They can reach out to us and let us know. But enough about our exciting life and our salacious romances. <laughs> Marcellus Regans, please. Tell the listeners where they can find more So Is Your Podcast. All right. So everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. Uh, You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. 
Uh, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot of time. (sighs) Never gets old. All right, guys. It's time for us to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the first film of Phase 5 in the MCU. As always, we're going to start off with some non-spoiler discussion, then eventually we'll, Mark Ellis will drop the drop delineating spoilers. So you'll know if you haven't seen it yet, you can bounce, but you'll at least have a general gist of how we feel about the movie. The rest of you stick around, and we're going to go a little more in-depth with some more discussion afterwards. But to start, let's start with our theater-going experience. Mark Ellis Reagan's. You saw it in theaters. We all had no choice. This is not streaming anywhere. We had to go to the movies. How was your theater experience for Ant-Man and the Wasp? Well, you know, I'll be honest. It is opening weekend. It is a Marvel movie. So all of the quote unquote good theaters, uh, most of the shows were sold out or close to sold out. So I wound up going to the uh, the nice Dirt Mall Theater. because they were Which is the Dirt Mall Theater? <laughs> I mean, the uh, very nice uh the theater with the very nice employees and very comfortable seating uh, in Phil, Connecticut. It just happens to be oh, in a mall that is slowly dying. I don't know if I would even call that a mall anymore. It's more of just an empty hallway. It's a, it is a film set for a post-apocalyptic war. <laughs> it looks like the set of Amazon Studios Fallout TV show. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there was plenty of seats available there. Uh, so yeah, so got there, uh, good timing. And then right as the movie started, these three fucking knuckleheads come and sit right behind us. And they're just yapping the whole fucking movie. And it was, you know, eventually when you go to these movies, you know, people people chat, chit chat a little bit. But when a movie starts, people get invested into the movie. You know, the, the sound kind of drowns them out. Everyone in the theater is on the same ride. These guys uh, just wouldn't shut the fuck up, and it was driving me nuts. And I should have gotten up and moved, but I was already in my—I was already covered in popcorn because I'd been eating <laughs> all the time. I didn't feel like moving, so uh, yeah, they kind of soured the experience for me a little bit. There's nothing worse than having your nice dark-colored hoodie on, and then you're eating popcorn in the movie theater, and it's just covered in fucking crumbs and like <laughs> and shit. Maybe it's just me. All right, Aubrey Litchfield, you also had to go to the movie theater. Tell us about it. I did. I um, I went with Max and our children, and uh, it was about as fun as you would think a movie would be with Noah. He's with the stranger next to him. <laughs> yes. And then I had to move him into my lap. Is it? Isn't he getting the rest of the movie? Isn't he getting a little big for sitting in your lap? Yeah, you would think so. It's <laughs> almost your height. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he, he's up to my shoulders. I think now. Oh. So it's it was. Uh, it, yeah, it it was that good. 
<laughs> wow. It was a good, a good uh, theater experience. Wow. Okay. Uh, so 0 for 2 so far. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week, I did not work a lot of hours at job number two. Um, you know, it's just the time of year. If anyone out there works retail, you know, like January, February, hours start cutting down because it's just not busy. Um, I haven't been working a ton of hours there like I usually do. So I've had a bunch of weeknights off. Uh, and this week it just happened that I had Thursday night off. And I said to the kids, why don't we go on Thursday night? Opening night. We'll go check it out. And I got the tickets. We went uh, for the most part, pretty easy trip to the movies. The only thing that was frustrating is that the theater was pretty wide open. We went in Hadley, Massachusetts, which is a smaller theaters. Um, it's not like the busiest of busy. And it was probably about half full. But people like all sat around us and you could have sat anywhere in the theater. You didn't have to sit around us. And we always sit way up in the back, all the way to the right, the last three seats. Those are our traditional seats, because when I started taking my kids to the movies when they were young, I wanted to be able to get up and take them to the bathroom or take them outside if needed and not interrupt anyone. Yeah. And we've just kind of always sat there ever since. And it was just frustrating. Um, we had a big group of like college age dudes in front of us and they were quiet for the most part, but they did talk, get up and move around and all sorts of stuff through the entire movie and trailers, which drove me insane. <laughs> you know how I feel about that, right? <laughs> and then uh, Janine and Colin made fun of me the rest of the night because there is a part in movie where Maria Menounos is I forget what she's doing, like a quiz with this guy. And he's like talking about the Avengers movies or something. And she laughs. Yeah. And I find it endearing, but she kind of laughs like a dolphin. Right. <laughs> she's like, <"Nah!" laughs> and the Janine is just like, <laughs> and they just were making fun of me the entire night for finding her attractive. And just those guys in front of us were a little annoying during the beginning. They're quiet during the movie. But at one point, one of them was on his phone and I was so close to just fucking kicking him in the back of the head. But I'm like, I'm here with my kids and I don't want to start like a wild brawl in the movie theater. Right. So I just it was very painful, but I just swallowed it down and concentrated on the movie. But yeah, for the most part, it was fine. I got to say the best thing so far the last few times we've gone to the movies is the M&M's. No, that's an envelope commercial has not played. So that's that's been pretty enjoyable. So. All right. Sounds like uh, not the best trips to the movies this time. We'll see what happens next week. But. Before we jump into the movie, I thought it was important to tackle yet another discussion. I know Mark is just feeling the editing getting longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was pretty important just to kind of get it out there. This is the start of Phase 5. Uh, Marvel has been kind of struggling a little bit. I don't want to say like struggling, struggling, but I think uh, a little bit struggling through Phase 4. I just wanted to you know talk to you guys a little bit. How, how did you feel about Phase 4, Mark Ellis? You know, because there's no real definitive, at least to me, there's no real definitive beginning into these phases. At least I don't catch it. Like, I know Avengers Endgame was the end of phase three. Is that right? Well, the idea, I think, was supposed to be there's an Avengers movie and then a palate cleanser and then the next phase. So it was Avengers 2012 Ant-Man, right? Is that right? No, it was Avengers 2012. Then it was Iron Man 3. So, Iron Man 3. Yep. Yeah, I guess there's... It's, yeah, it's supposed to be like big event movie. And then the next phase either starts with a small movie or then there's a smaller movie before the end of the phase. Because then it was Ant-Man, um, Spider-Man, Far From Home. And then we got phase four. So, I mean, two out of the three phases before that. So, yeah, see, I think that's supposed to be the idea. 
it it's tough. I and I I realized a while ago that I don't really I can't judge the phases by phases. Like I can't critique this phase or this phase because they all start to blend together. And then once you add in the the TV shows, I have no idea what phase we are we're in. Uh, but I will say I think that you know Avengers Endgame was like the the grand finale of the Marvel Cinematic Experience or experiment, I should say. I think they landed the plane nicely with that. Spider-Man No Way Home was like the the bonus dessert that we didn't deserve. And then anything that comes after that doesn't really, it's not going to move my needle one way or another. So now I'm just taking the movies as is. I don't care about the phases. I just want a good, solid two-hour piece of entertainment. Are you feeling any fatigue at all? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not that I'm tired of superhero movies, but I am I feel like they've run the, the circle with all of these movies so far, and it's tough to do something new or something unique. So I, I definitely think they're starting to fall into the uh, kind of the complacency of, you know, we'll just put people in costumes and, you know, we'll make money. And it, it needs mm-hmm. to be a little bit more than that. All right. Aubrey Litchfield, phase four, Marvel fatigue. How are you feeling right now? Um, I feel like phase four felt a lot better than phase five. Well, there's only one movie in phase five, so it's a little tough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, re- I really liked WandaVision, so I feel like that's really, th- that's kind of pushing me through everything, but um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're, they're losing the momentum. They're losing a lot of the, the greatness of, what we've seen thus far. So I'm, I'm not feeling too good about them right now. All right. All right. Well, for me, I refer as to phase four as the Marvel spelling their own farts saga. Sure. I think they were just high as fuck and feeling undefeatable after Endgame, And they said, we're going to try a whole bunch of shit. And if it doesn't land, it doesn't land. Who cares? We're Marvel. Um, you know, things that worked for me, like Mar- WandaVision, fantastic. Uh, I think Shang-Chi was fantastic. Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I really liked She-Hulk, but kind of going back to what I just said, I can understand why people didn't. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. But I'm, I have weird taste in things, you know, but I understand why people wouldn't like it. I, I really liked Multiverse of Madness. I know pe- a lot of people say it was bad. I don't understand where that comes from. But for me, it was you know, a superhero movie with Sam Raimi flourishes and obviously I'm going to like anything with Wanda in it. So come on, but it, it was great. I liked it, but some of the stuff just like really did not land. Like I thought Eternals was a colossal misfire to the point where it's pretty much being ignored. <laughs> like <laughs> it happened and it's a one-off Easter egg joke and she Hulk and that's it. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and, and some of the stuff just felt like they took the wrong lessons. So people kept saying, I hate Marvel because it's cookie cutter and it's all jokes and you could, it's done in a factory. So then they were, they were like, okay, well, we're going to just say Chloe Zhao, make whatever the fuck you want. And then that was the movie that needed a very strong hand <laughs> to pull it back. Cause it was boring and stupid. <laughs> um, the same thing with Miss Marvel, like Miss Marvel starts out first couple episodes are knocking it out of the park. Then all of a sudden it just goes completely off the rails. And they almost pull it back for the finale, but man, that should have been a home run. And it was more like a solid single 
Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier just got wrecked by COVID. The show was a mess. I, I mean, I liked Moon Knight, but like, I think I liked Moon Knight in spite of Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> I like Oscar Isaac in the role. And I like the concepts. Uh, but man, that was five and a half episodes of like boring <laughs> to get to one cool fight scene. <laughs> I just, I think it lost to, to paraphrase the dark tower. I think it forgot the face of its father. Um, in the, the, the MCU is four quadrant bangers that like you, your kids, your wife, everybody can sit down, have a good time, watch a superhero movie. And then there's teases for the next couple movies in them. And that's it. That's, that's the formula. Right. <laughs> Build up to the big enemy and that's it. Oh, I forget forgetting. I really like Loki too, but, um, so there were some highs, but there were some low lows, man. I think love and thunder came out like a wet fart. Um, I keep revising my Wakanda forever review down (laughs) and I feel bad because like, I don't know what the hell they could have done with it. You know what I mean? Mark, like whatever was supposed to be that movie was never going to be able to happen. Right. And they got that together in a record amount of time for what it was. But man, I sit here and I think about it and I'm like, I don't want to watch it ever again because it's fucking long and it's mostly depressing. (laughs) And then the parts that aren't depressing are annoying because you're like, this movie's three hours long. We could have cut 45 minutes of Ironheart out of the middle of the movie and lost <laughs> absolutely nothing. Like, uh, so it, it it's it's a frustrating movie to me. And I, I was at a four when I saw it. And I think it was on a high of like the ending and like some of the high points of the movie. And I'm probably down to a three and a half now. Okay. Um, but so I'm not saying it sucks. You know, don't get that twisted. But and it's a miracle. It's even as good as it is based on the circumstances. But man, like. It just felt like there was a point there where it, every single one of these was just a fucking home run out of the park. And then all of a sudden, it's, the quality has kind of gone up and down. So I kind of understand the fatigue a little bit, but I'm still all in, obviously. I'm a huge nerd. I mean, come on. If, if we can make it through the prequels and still love Star Wars, we, <laughs> <laughs> we can make it through Eternals. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've talked a little bit about the theater, talked a little bit about how we are feeling about Marvel – I think it's time to jump into this movie. The start of phase five, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. As always, non-spoiler, we're going to go with Aubrey Litchfield to start. What did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania? Uh, I can't say I loved it. I can't say I hated it. It kind of just existed. Okay. Um, Marcellus Reagans. You know, I was trying to remember, like, what is the hook of Ant-Man? Like, why should I be excited for the third Ant-Man film? And I started thinking about the second one, and I could barely remember what happened in the second one. And I think that's one where Michelle Pfeiffer comes back, I believe. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so going into this, I wasn't quite sure, like, what I wanted. And I think, you know, pretty much like what Aubrey said, it's it's a movie that exists. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate what I was seeing at the, on the screen. I enjoyed the journey, but there was nothing about the movie that connected or that uh, that grabbed hold of me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's certain aspects of it, and we'll get into that when we talk about things yeah. that we like. But as a movie itself, it's really, to me, it felt really middle of the road. Okay. Um, you know, I can kind of agree with you guys. I think I probably liked it more than you two. But uh, I'm a little surprised by the reviews that I'm seeing and even reviews on Letterboxd from people that we know that are really low or critical when to me, like, at worst, this is a two and a half out of five. And I guess spoiler for later on the episode when we rate it. But to me, that that's absolute worst. There's nothing that pushes this 
to the levels of Eternals <laughs> or, um, you know, other movies I didn't like in the MCU, like Thor, the Dark World or um, Age of Ultron. Um, you know, there's nothing pushing it down to those levels of the bottom of the list. I don't think there's anything in this movie that elevates it right. up to those high highs of, you know, Infinity War, Black Panther or, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I don't think it's pushing that mid, that upper level, but it, it settles nicely in your middle. So when you're making your MCU list, slots right in there, slots as far <laughs> as the eye can see, just slots right in there, probably in the upper middle tier. So upper middle tier to me, at least. And there are th- a lot of things I liked about this. And there, there's some issues, but for me, it was just it was a decent time at the movies. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Had some funny jokes, had some cool characters. Uh, one character I liked the most uh, we'll get into in spoilers, but and it's not it's not Cassie. <laughs> Oh, thank God. <laughs> I do like the way she looks. And according to Google, I'm perfectly okay saying that. Um, shockingly, she's 26, just so you know. Wow. I, w- I would have thought she was like 20, 21. But hey, yeah. good for her. She can keep playing those teenage roles for a while. But um, she is quite attractive. So I did enjoy that. But that is not the the reason I'm giving it a high score. Um, so th- there's things I liked. I just thought it was a, a decent, good Marvel movie. And sometimes maybe that's just enough. Maybe that's just what we need right now. (laughs) Sure. Just a nice, decent movie that we got some teases for the future. We got, you know, some cool actions some jokes and, and I left the theater. I wasn't mad or tired or bored and it wasn't three hours long. Cause I gotta tell you, I, you know, I have a handshake agreement with my daughter um, from when she was like six that she's going to go to the movies with me forever. (laughs) <laughs> and even she on the way there was like man like i'm kind of losing my love for marvel a little bit because you know we go to see his movies and they're three hours long and they're kind of mid or not that great and you're just like man why did i just waste five hours of my weekend to go see this movie that sucks right. and i don't really have an answer for that when we go to see like eternals or you know thor love and thunders so <laughs> yep. it's tough you have it's to tell tough, her but- you have to tell her you know it's because of the podcast my daughter <laughs> and she's gonna say um, i don't have a podcast they know this because whenever there's a trailer for something fucking stupid they all will look at me and go do you have to see that for the podcast and then they'll make fun of me but, um, <laughs> is daddy gonna torture us with fast x <laughs> uh they know i have to see it but they won't go see that with me. anyway <laughs> so to me uh, a, a decent uh upper middle tier mcu movie i i don't have any issue with it but We'll get into it. Spoilers. So now we're going to drop the drop and we're going to spoil Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. What's the spoiler? Here's the spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to start off with things that we liked. So obviously there's got to be something you liked about it. I know you guys probably feel a little less cool about it than I do. But Aubrey Litchfield, was there anything that you liked about this movie? Um, I like Modoc. <laughs> I thought he was really funny. And visually, this movie was really interesting. Uh-huh. That's all I got. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Wow. Okay. Uh, Marcellus Reagans, things that you liked about it. Uh, yeah, there's actually a lot of things that I liked about this. Uh, I love the way it started. I love the, the Welcome Back Cotter theme and the uh, narration. From mm-hmm. Ant-Man, I thought that was pretty funny, and then it turned out that he was just reading a chapter. Or he was cheesily reading a chapter of his book with the little kid in the uh, Ant-Man costume in the front row. I thought that was actually really funny. 
you can buy that book in real life. Yeah, I, I was just telling that to someone at work last week, and I was trying to explain to them <laughs> that it's a real book written by Scott Lang, but Scott Lang isn't a real person. And it took a while to like explain it, but yes, that's I think that's genius and ridiculous at the same time. Um, I thought Jonathan Majors was fantastic as Kang. I thought his backstory, his uh, I guess his origin story of how he was in the quantum realm, I thought that was amazing. I love that. Uh, I agree, Catherine Newton as uh, Cassie. I thought she was fantastic. I thought they actually she was great, and not just because she was in purple spandex for half the movie. <laughs> I thought that they actually gave her uh, a nice character arc. They built her. They built her character in the beginning, and they gave her a nice arc. And you can see how that teenager is the same girl from the very first movie um, and a second movie. Like they did a really nice through line with that character, which I I really enjoyed. Uh, I, one of the things I was worried about in this movie is that, you know, is because the cast is so big, you have Ant-Man and his daughter, you have the Wasp, you have, um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and then Kank. Like, is this story going to be big enough to help all of these characters to satisfy a good story for all of these characters? And I thought everyone actually had something to do and everyone did a really good job with the exception of Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> she just. <laughs> she just seemed like she was just there, like hi. <laughs> I'm throw In a some bad punches. wig. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, that I was I was impressed that they were able to squeeze a good story for all of these characters. I like that uh, Jimmy Woo was back in it for a quick scene. Uh, I like that ants actually played a part in a story because it's a movie called Ant Man. Ants have to be somehow involved in this big epic uh, space opera. Uh, and the fact that they found a place to put the ants in there, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh, the Baskin Robbins callback was hilarious. And uh, there's an actor named William Jackson Harper that played Quaz, the guy that could read people's minds. Mm-hmm. I love that guy, that actor. I thought he was awesome. So seeing him and seeing him play like to his strength is that kind of like kind of off center, uh, uncomfortable uh, person. He does that so well. So I was glad to see him do that in this movie. And yeah, and uh, you know, I agree with Aubrey. The visuals were pretty amazing. All right. Wow. You know, I'm going to kind of echo a lot of what you said, Mark. Obviously, you know, I love all these characters. I think the majority of the Ant-Man family was pretty well established even coming into this movie. Um, But I think Catherine Newton as Cassie was awesome in this. I think she had a good arc to where, you know, she wanted Scott to do stuff. And he was just like, no, I'm done. I've saved the universe. I'm not doing anything. Um, Eventually was able to pull him back into being heroic. I think that was a cool arc. Mm -hmm. I really liked just the difference in this, because I got to tell you, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, this second one, the second Ant-Man movie, I can't really remember anything that happened in it. Right. Um, it was pretty inconsequential. So they really upped the stakes here and they really took it in a crazy another direction. I don't think that anybody wanted to see Ant-Man in another wacky heist adventure that takes place in about six blocks in San Francisco. Um <laughs> I, th- I think that that's played out at this point. So to, to take those characters now, put them in this crazy space opera setting, uh, that was fantastic. This was probably the best Star Wars movie in <laughs> six, seven years, Mark. Yeah. Uh, number one, ouch. Complete with matching costumes. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but it had a cool like Star Warsy feel to it. And I, I like that. That's something I like in sci-fi and stuff, you know. All the way back to Star Wars, you know, they go into a cantina and there's just random weird ass people there and aliens and stuff. And it doesn't have to be explained. It's just a weird ass fucking thing. 
And I, I liked that a lot, but I gotta tell you the number one thing I enjoyed in this movie, the best was Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Menacing. Just, you had a feeling when he was on screen that like he was going to fuck shit up. Yep. <laughs> the, that line he had to Scott when he's like, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Uh, <laughs> was fucking fantastic. Um, loved him on screen. Holy crap. They just nailed it. He was right out of the comics. They even kept him purple and green and had the blue face. Yeah. <laughs> like they went all out, man. This was fantastic. And obviously Jonathan majors is fantastic actor so he was he was chewing that scenery he was eating it up and they did a really good job with him of making him seem menacing and dangerous so i i was i was loving it man i really really liked kang um i really liked hank pym did good in this movie had something to do and uh yeah i i thought the jokes hit more than missed i really liked modok <laughs> I'm surprised that people don't like him. I'm not sure what's not to like about him. Again, not origin-wise straight out of the comics, but he looked like MODOK. It was a big giant head with little arms and legs and and weapons on them. I mean, that's what the fucking character is. I don't I don't know what anybody wants from him. The fact that he looked goofy was kind of the point, right? Like I, I don't know. I've seen people really don't like him in this movie, and I was really surprised because that was one of the funniest things. He got most of the big laughs in the theater when I went. So um, that whole when he was dying at the end, and he's like, "Am I an Avenger now?" And <laughs> 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 they're just like, they want to say no, but they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> that was fucking great, dude." Um, so this had some good humor to it. Yeah, I, I think that that about sums up the things I liked. I thought Bill Murray was good in it for the few minutes he was in it. Nice to see him get a paycheck, I guess, but <laughs> it is what it is. Right. Uh, I did like the constant uh, insinuation that um, Janet hooked up with a bunch of people while she was there. <laughs> <laughs> it kept pissing off um, Hank. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I enjoyed this. I liked the little goopy guy that got holes finally. You know, I think there was some good humor in this. I had a good time with it. But there's got to be things we didn't like. And Aubrey Litchfield, it sounds like you might have the most out of all of us for things that you didn't like. Um, I didn't like how Paul Rudd, he, or Scott Lang, he's so, he, like, I don't like the, um, I'm a dad, like, kind of uh, direction that this all goes into. And, like, how he gets mad at Kang for having his daughter. And then he's very protective of Cassie. It, it's annoying. Why is that annoying? I don't know. Maybe it's because my dad is my dad. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what it's like to have a dad that cares. So I don't. I don't know. Geez. To me, it's like give me a break, Aubrey. That's that's um, been that's been his arc through each Ant Man movie. Has been I must protect my daughter. It is boring, <laughs> and it's it's so old. And eventually, Lily's hair is awful in this movie. Awful. I like I don't know who told her to cut it that way, but they need to be fired. Well, that's what the wasp's awful. hair looks like in the comics. So I think that's kind of what they were going for. But I know she has either shaved her head or has extremely short hair. So she had a wig on in this movie. Oh, it looks bad. It I wonder if so it bad. was because they filmed this mostly on the volume. Maybe it just didn't work in front of the screen or something. Because, yeah, I agree with you. It looked terrible. I feel like she borrowed um, Kate Mara's hair from Fantastic Four. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Jesus. It, it was awful. 
It's all I could look at. And and she just kind of like existed. She didn't really add anything to the story. She just, she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really annoyed that Janet kept going in between calling Hank, Hank and Henry. Um, there were times when they called him Henry and then there was times when they called him Hank and it really annoyed me. Um, do you not call, do you, do you not call your Max by different names depending on how you feel about him at that moment? I wouldn't call him a completely different name like Henry. Uh, Cause sometimes I'm Joey, but then if I forget to take out the trash, I'm Joseph. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. It didn't sit well with me. I don't know. It just, it was missing some sort of excitement to it. I didn't really feel anything towards the, the overarching story of it. Um, it, it didn't, it wasn't suspenseful. It wasn't like end game where you're waiting to see what happens or any of the, the past, like WandaVision. I loved WandaVision. Like you did, I didn't, I didn't really care to see how it, and like, I just, I was like, Oh, he's going to beat Kang. So I, I don't know. It, it was a very much so origin story as a third movie. And, and it just kind of existed. I'll probably never watch it again, much like the other Ant-Man movies. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Marcellus Reagans, what about you for things he didn't like? Yeah, I remember uh, Aubrey's never been an Ant-Man fan from the beginning. So, <laughs> Right, right, right. She was one of the original Ant-Man haters. Yes, exactly. So if she liked this movie, I would have been stunned. <laughs> I know. I really can't get into it. It just it does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally get that. So things that I, I didn't like. Uh, I, I will have to disagree with you, Joy. I didn't think the movie was funny at all. I'll admit the 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 implications that Janet hooked up with a bunch of people while she was in there, like that got a couple of chuckles, but for the most part, I, I didn't think it was funny. I thought a lot of the jokes landed with a thud. Uh, I was not, not really laughing out loud. Like I, I hoped I would be at least, I think I, I don't remember the second one, the second movie, but I do remember there were some good jokes in there. Um, I feel like I only laughed at Modoc. And his butt. That is some baby arms. His dying scene, saying he's a dick. Like, everything he did was really funny. But everything else, I agree with Marcellus. Like, I did not find it that funny. See, I never read a comic book with Modoc, So I'm not familiar with what he's supposed to be. So, you know, he's funny looking. Uh, and his little legs sticking out, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and I love that they made Yellow Jacket into Modoc. Like, I think that makes perfect sense. Especially if you look at how he, quote unquote, died. In the first movie, with his little arms and him, his body being uh, shrunk limb by limb, it makes sense that he turns into Modok. That's fine, uh, but I didn't think he was. I don't know. I didn't find that character that interesting to me. Just funny looking. Uh, did they ever explain how Cassie has a purple Ant Man suit? No. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I think the assumption is that um, Hank gave it to her because him and her were doing like quantum experiments and stuff that Scott had no idea about. Okay. All right. Cause I, she suddenly shows up in a superhero suit. I'm like, wait, when did this happen? I don't remember even mentioning that. There's nothing about the movie that felt except for the scenes where Kang was threatening Cassie. There's nothing about the movie that I felt like, uh, the stakes were like, mm-hmm. were like, uh, were severe. 
or like intense. Uh, putting the Ant-Man family into like a John Carter of Mars situation like sounds like a great idea on paper, but I didn't really care about any of these characters. I didn't care about their lives, their stakes, or, or any of that stuff. Uh, and I thought it got a it got a little too convoluted for its own good towards the end of it. But I, you know, it's it's one of those movies that I'm watching it, but I'm like almost instantly forgetting it. You know what I mean? Like in two weeks, I probably won't remember anything about this movie. Um, so it doesn't really like there's nothing in it that held that stuck with me. Um, and, you know, at, for an MCU movie, I kind of want that at least want I want one excuse to want to run out and buy a Ant-Man action figure or a, uh, a, a Kang action figure. You know, there was nothing in this movie that that grabbed me like that. I already have mine pre-ordered. But, you know. <laughs> of course. Maybe because you got like a Kang, a Cassie and like the little purple guy with uh, with no holes. No, I, I have been extremely dialing back on a lot of the figures I'm buying because the price went up from 19.99 to 25 to 30. Jesus. Ew. So it's really just first appearance, very main characters. Gotcha. <laughs> so out of that entire wave, I only ordered Kang. But anyway, I would have ordered the whole Sky. I don't think they made him. I think it was Janet, um, Scott, Cassie, and the missing Kang. a market. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Maybe series two, but anything else, Mark Ellis? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. All right. So uh, I guess maybe I just have a weird sense of humor because I did find a, a lot of the jokes landed for me, but I can understand if they don't. Humor is subjective. Man, what I didn't like about this movie. Well, I think it, it I, and I think I agree with you, Mark. I think it looks a lot better on paper. I think this is the MCU shtick where, you know, your first in York, your character trilogy, not the Avengers movies or the overall MCU, but it's like your first movie introduces you and your origin. Your second movie, you know, kind of steps up a little bit with uh, storyline wise. So you get, you know, you go from first Avenger to Winter Soldier. And then your third movie is just nuts and sometimes even completely different than what the other two movies were. So I think they're trying to do that again with Ant-Man, um, which is why they took him and put him in kind of a weird Star Wars, John Carter environment and i think it works for the most part but i will agree with you that this the stakes feel low i i don't i didn't really care like if if kang destroyed the mult um all the people living in the yeah. microverse yep. the quantum realm like what, what, what would it what would it matter <laughs> right right like so they never had a reason why other i mean obviously we didn't want him to get out because if he got out he would start conquering everything and killing people but the stakes were low. Like, I didn't really care about the people in the quantum realm. You're right. And I, there's no way in hell he was killing any of the main characters. And they weren't going to let him kill Cassie because she's got to be in Young Avengers later on. So <laughs> they weren't going to kill her. But they better hurry up because she's almost 30. But so the stakes are pretty low, right? <laughs> so it the scenes where he's got them in the two cells and he's talking to them. Yeah. Those were great. And he did feel menacing and you believe him, but in the back of your mind, you know, there's no way he's killing either of these two characters. Right. So, like, like you don't even, you can't even get your brain to like trick and like, cause you know, you watch any of these movies, obviously the good guys are going to win at the end, no matter what, except for infinity war. Um, but your brain, you're able to turn your brain to that appreciating the stakes and getting wrapped up in what's going to happen. Uh, for this one, I just did, never felt like there was any danger to any of the characters, despite the movie's best attempts for there to be danger and the characters that were in danger. I didn't really care about. So that was tough. 
Um, and, and honestly, the, the other thing that kind of bothered me was the end of the movie. Um, so we're built up this horrible big bad that, you know, holy cow, how are we going to defeat this guy? Like he's an Avengers level threat. And then Ant-Man beats him at the end of the movie. That's it. So like, <laughs> yes. you know, like what if in the first appearance of Thanos and Guardians of the Galaxy, like Rocket Raccoon beat him up and threw him in a hole. And then now we're supposed to come back like four movies later and be like, this guy's going to kill all the Avengers. Like what? Well, I, Captain um, Marvel's like 50,000 times more powerful than Ant-Man. So like now, why would we even care if this guy gets out? <laughs> well, I think that's what the, uh, the post credit scene was to, to help alleviate that worry. I guess. And we'll get into that in a minute, but yeah, it just didn't sit right with me. I wish there could have been some other way. I, I guess the original ending was they get rid of Kang, but he's not like in a different way. Somehow they like send him to a portal or something, and that causes Scott and Hope to be trapped in the quantum realm. Right. And that was the end of the movie. I guess it didn't test well, so they had to reshoot. I just, and, and I, I know we didn't see a body. <laughs> we didn't uh, have a doctor come on screen and declare him dead, and we just saw him suck through a portal. And God knows Red Skull should have taught us. That doesn't necessarily mean he's dead. Right. But it just felt like a little bit of a wet fart for how much buildup we've had of this being the new big bad for him to just be defeated immediately. Maybe he needed another sidekick. You know, Modok's the comic relief sidekick. Some other character could have been his underling that's a little more powerful. He the quantum realm even doesn't have to escape through time just stays in the quantum realm and they defeat the other guy and go home like something <laughs> did not have can't beat by ant-man in his first appearance so that was really the, the things that didn't sit well with me i would like to see more from bill murray he was there for a cup of coffee cash a check um i didn't have a big problem with the special effects but there were a couple times where you could tell they were on the volume i'm not gonna sit here and be some asshole and tell you it looks like spy kids 2 or something but um there were a couple times where you could tell you know I, I love Spy Kids too, by That's the way. That's really it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry it wasn't realistic enough of the quantum realm for you, but <laughs> I'm not sure what it's supposed to fucking look like. Anyway, let's get into the after credit scene. Aubrey Litchfield, we had two after credit scene. We got to see the Council of Kangs, led by Ramatut, Scarlet Centurion, and um, Immortus. What'd you think? It was okay. I mean, I'm, I might have, I, I feel like if the rest of the movie had the, like that build up and that suspense, I probably would have thought that it was a better end credits or mid credits, I should say. But because I wasn't like completely blown away by the movie and like terrified of Kang, like it was Thanos, like it, it, it was whatever. And we got a little preview of Loki season two. Did you like that at least? No, I didn't like Loki season one. I mean, it was better than Falcon Winter Soldier for me, but it, it just, uh, I don't know. Auto, wow. it, WandaVision was where it was at with me. So it, it's hard to top mm-hmm. that. But I didn't realize you didn't like uh, Loki all that much. I, I liked that one. I think that's uh, for my family. I think that's probably their favorite one, which is crazy. So, all right, Mark, uh, how about you after credit scenes? So I'm of, of two minds of it. Uh, number one, I don't know who any of these other Kangs are, the variants, like the the Bubba Hotep one. or <laughs> That's uh, Ramatut. He Ramatut, is Kang yeah. that went all the way into the past. Mm-hmm. 
and took over ancient Egypt right. because he had he was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not familiar with any of the comic book versions of this, but the thing that mm-hmm. I, I the thing that I did like about the post credit is well, for one thing, the way that Ant Man got rid of Kang, the main Kang from the movie. Was the same way he got rid of Yellow Jacket in the first movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we all saw Yellow Jacket come back as Modoc. So that leads me to believe that Kang isn't gone, that he's going to come back even more powerful. The second thing is, if you have all of these other Kangs, if you eliminate the main one, you still have a whole army of Kangs that you have to fight, that the Avengers have to fight. And then you think that these are the guys that got rid of the original guy. So, yeah, he could come back and be super. It, you 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 can have it both ways. You can have the Avengers fight all of these other Kangs or you can have the Avengers fight this other Kang that's going to be super powerful because he has to get back on. He has to get revenge on all these other guys. So I thought it was a good it was a good morsel to like say, OK, we could go almost any direction with this. Um, but the other part of that is I feel like they're getting a little too convoluted, <laughs> a little bit. There's too much timeline shenanigans that's happening right now. And then when you throw in Loki and another Kang variant, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how is anyone going to keep up with this? People are going to watch this and then come to me for questions. And I'm going to be like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> this start is looking I, it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where I start um, to slowly back away from uh, trying to explain the MCU <laughs> to people. Uh, um, so yeah, Ramatut was Kang that went back in time and took over ancient Egypt. Uh, Amortis is the final Kang. So he's the, he's after he's done being the conqueror, he's kind of like mellowed a little bit and just like enjoying being the master of all time. Like he's the old Kang. And then Scarlet Centurion, um, is it's God, like how much time do you have? (laughs) But he's Kang that tried to not be Kang. Um, but then became a villain who also fought the Avengers. So Scarlet Centurion's youngest self went and formed the young Avengers as Iron Lad. And then I'm not even getting into it. Basically (laughs) he's Kang that tried to not be Kang, but ended up just being, um, Kang anyway. Okay. (laughs) That's the best I could do. (laughs) Um, I like the two after credit scenes and, and just to go back to my point for things I didn't like. I did like that the end of the movie when we're supposed to be having a happy time with Scott had him keep being like, well, wait, did I really kill him? Right. And if I did kill him, does that mean I made it worse? Um, so I think they kind of tried to hedge their bets a little bit there. And then after credit scene, you realize that maybe you actually did make it a lot worse. <laughs> maybe yeah. You should have just let him out, <laughs> let him kill all these other guys. And then you could have fought him. But We'll see. We'll see. I think it sets up uh, some cool stories going forward. There's some great Kang stories um, in the past, so I'm really excited for where they go with it. Um, his spaceship and his fortress with the rings sure did look like some other character that uses rings, whose rings were sending out a signal at some point that we didn't know where that signal went. Yeah. Hashtag it's all connected. <laughs> and um, the other scene was just really a preview of Loki, um, and I'm excited for that to come back, so we'll see. But, you know, I'm not running through a brick wall after these after credit scenes, but you know, they were, they were fine. They are what they are. So I last thing before we rate it. And I thought this was kind of important considering I don't consider myself a movie critic, uh, but we do review movies and rate them. So the critics have savaged this movie. Uh, It is rotten on rotten tomatoes. 
and the audience score is an 84 right now and the critic score is a 47 which and i don't think that this movie is a 47 i'm sorry and maybe that's just because i i watch shitty movies all the time but like you know i just watched you know ninja tornado this weekend like that's that's a shitty movie right. <laughs> Ant-Man and the wasp quantumini is not a shitty movie um do you care about what critics say about a movie before you see it aubrey no um Never. i i yeah i I've, I very rarely ever look because I find that sometimes they like what I don't like. Mm-hmm. So Do you think I, that reviews can put, can, can reviews push you to see something or not see something that you weren't excited for anyway? Like, for example, we're going to go see Cocaine Bear regardless, but you know, maybe a movie you weren't planning on seeing, but you saw I got good reviews or bad reviews. Does that affect if you watch it? No, I I wish that I could say that it does, but I'm I'm really... Yeah, I um, I marched my own drum, I guess. All right. Marcellus Reagans, you being the true film connoisseur among the three of us, how do you feel about reviews? Well, as someone who is a staunch defender of Rise of Skywalker, I think it's safe to say that uh, I don't care about <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes says <laughs> about movies, critics or audience scores. Uh, but yeah, you know, if, uh, if a, a handful of critics get together and they think that a movie is worth your time, uh, you know, there's a filmmaker's voice that's that's doing something unique. Then yeah, I'll I'll definitely you know if I can squeeze it in, I'll I'll definitely take a more of a chance to look up that movie than I would just like you know <laughs> Ninja Tornado or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think what it's stuff I want to see, I don't care either way. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. It was Ninja Thunderbolt, not Ninja Tornado. <laughs> my sorry. It was it was a Godfrey Ho movie, and those of you out there that know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. But he pretty much like splices like two completely different movies together to make as many movies about ninjas as he can. Wow, <laughs> with hilarious results. Um, yeah, it wasn't as good as Ninja Terminator, but it was good. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Um. Yeah, I mean, if it's something I want to see, like, like, like I said, like I want to go see Scream Six, for example. If the reviews are bad, I'm still going to go see it. Doesn't matter because I want to see it. But then there's things where like it gets good reviews, and I'm like, I, it wasn't on my radar. But then that kind of makes it pop up. Um, you know, like everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, that was on my radar because I like Michelle Yeoh and it had a good trailer. But I think what really pushed it over the edge for me was seeing like absolutely insane positive reviews for it. Made me be like, oh, well, we should probably watch this then. You know, same thing with 80 for Brady. I mean, you can laugh all you want, but you know that that was getting really good reviews. And I'm like, you know, this went from I'm going to just check it out on streaming when it hits to maybe I should go check this out in the theater then if it's that good. Um, but for me, being a weirdo, the opposite is when something's getting really bad reviews. I almost <laughs> want to see it more. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, come on down. No. Seven percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't even doubt that supposed to be really bad but they made it for 50 grand so i mean you know good on them released it in theaters and made a, a million and a half dollars so uh and it's supposed to be bad so you know i'll take a laugh but, but you know stuff like that like neil breen movies that kind of stuff when i see people being like this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life this is the worst movie ever um i watched the movie at my desk uh, a couple weeks ago or last week uh legend of the rollerblade seven unbelievable about roller rollerblading ninjas in a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> Um, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. 
Uh, the reviews said it was one of the worst movies ever made. And I was like, I got to check this out. It was free on YouTube. Um, Jesus Christ, man. It felt like having a stroke for two hours. But it did have Rhonda Shear in it. So that, that was good, right? Uh, I have no idea who that is. A blonde woman with big hair and giant boobs. that was on USA Up all night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all my 1988 fantasies were coming true. Plus ninjas on rollerblades. Oh, so yeah, yeah for me. It, 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 of course. How do you go wrong with ninjas on rollerblades? Right. So... For me, it, it 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 can definitely affect if I want to see a movie or not. So, but you know what? Whatever. Critics are stupid, so who cares? Now we're gonna rate the movie <laughs> zero to five. Five being the best, zero being the worst. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Manian? Uh, I'm gonna give it a two point five. Wow. Right. It is. It's definitely like towards the end of my top marvel movies it's not any i would say it's at like the middle it it's not my favorite Mm -hmm. by any means i don't hate it by any means but i'm probably not gonna watch it again okay well markellis fragans what about you i'm gonna give it a three uh you know i was thinking do i want to give it a four like it's an mcu movie but i i can't even won't be able to look myself in the mirror if i gave it a four so uh i think a three Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, because of the performances, because it doesn't, it's not a complete train wreck. You know, it, it does a, it does what it set out to do. Three feels right for this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with three and a half. I think I get the extra half star from just how much I love Kang and the performance and the fact that he's right out of the fucking comics. Um, to me that that's, a, that's what the movie is all about is introducing him and he's just fucking fantastic. I can't wait to see more of them. Um, I enjoyed some of the humor. And I just thought it was a good upper middle tier MCU movie. I don't really have anything where I'm going to go run through a brick wall or, you know, march up and down the street with signs or anything to make people see it. But I, I definitely enjoyed myself and, and it was a good time. I have no problem maybe watching it again someday. Uh, you know, just a good time. I didn't have an issue with it. It's not it's not fucking great. You know, it's not Winter Soldier or anything. But Jesus, man, it's certainly much better than a lot of the reviews and buzzes. So I'm really confused about that. But, you know, here we are, three and a half out of five for me. And that is going to do it for our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you think. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up with some recommendations. It's still Black History Month, so we're going to be still recommending things from Black creatives. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got? Okay, I'm going to recommend Descendant. It's on uh, Netflix. It's about this illegal slave ship that was found, um, honestly, like in Alabama. But it, it it's like about all the descendants of those people. They they couldn't find it for a while. And then they finally found it. And then they realized like in the 90s, somebody tried blowing it up or something. But it it's really interesting. Uh, it's a true documentary. And it, it's on Netflix. About an hour and 50 minutes. All right. We'll definitely check that out. Marcellus Reagans, how about you? Yeah, I want to recommend a TV show that I kind of talked about before uh, that is more widely available now. It's called Lovecraft Country. Uh, it was on HBO Max, but now it's on Tubi, our favorite streaming channel. Uh, so all of the episodes are available, uh, developed by Misha Green, a phenomenal writer. Uh, she was she was going to be doing the Tomb Raider sequel uh, until MGM lost the rights to it. So, uh, you know, 
she's she's getting a short end of the the big budget movie deal for now but her tv show lovecraft country uh, also stars jonathan majors uh it deals with race issues in the 1950s but it also has a a a unique spin on it because there's science fiction elements there's horror elements uh the episodes are intense it's not a show that i would suggest binging because each episode gets pretty pretty gnarly but it's storytelling that's definitely fresh and definitely unlike anything else you have seen on television. So uh, if you haven't already watched Lovecraft Country, if you didn't have HBO Max, it's now available on Tubi. All right. I, I only watched the first episode, but the first episode was freaking awesome. So eventually I'll have to go back and watch it. But maybe towards the end of the year, once I hit my movie goal. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I will suggest you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's links to all our YouTube and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out our aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Adam's been dropping trailer reactions. He's been dropping some reviews of uh, early reviews of Amazon stuff and some other things. We've got some interviews on there as well that just dropped, so check it out. Of course, our Patreon, I just mentioned, patreon.com backslash so was our podcast. Monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. It's the only place to hear us each month discussing a lot of the news and trailers that have dropped throughout the month. And, well, you get our Star Wars video podcast and more. So go to patreon.com backslash so was our podcast. I am going to suggest a comic book. Uh, you can hop on to Amazon or your local comic book store. Uh, Milestone comics compendium volume one and volume two just dropped these are huge uh, compendium books from uh, milestone comics from the 90s which was all creators of color including Dwayne mcduffie a fucking legend unfortunately passed away too much too young uh, artists like denny's cowan um, md bright and awesome characters that's where static shock came from so obviously you'll get the first appearance of Static and his series in there. Uh, my favorite, which was Icon and Rocket, Hardware, Blood Syndicate. Um, these are awesome, awesome creatives working on some really good books and some really good characters. So uh, 100% worth it. It's on sale on Amazon right now for 40 bucks. So uh, grab it because it's awesome. Um, I read all that stuff when it was first dropping. Um, some of the later issues started to get harder to find. So I am very excited about these compendiums so I can finish them up without having to spend an arm and a leg on eBay. So that's my recommendation. Milestone comics compendium volume one and two are out now. And that's going to do it. That is episode number 446 of the soul wizard podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo and my co-hosts, the queen of the quantum realm, Aubrey Litchfield. I'm an Avenger, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. Uh, drink the goo, Dad. Uh, everybody, have yourself a great week. <laughs> <laughs> and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week when we review Cocaine Bear. Good journey. Good journey.